You're listening to the Salon Soul Brothers and Sisters 7 at 7 Interviews Podcast with tonight's guest, Sarah Mason of Sarah Mason Professional. Hi, Salon Soul Brothers and Sisters. It's Greg Clark here. And here I am for, oh, well, first of all, myself, I'm, I'm sorry that we missed Hump of the Week 7 at 7 last week because we were all up to our necks in it. And I didn't, I think we got over the Hump of the Week with the shock of, of having to try and do a week's business in, in uh, three days. Um, but you know what? Sarah Mason is my guest um, this week, and she would have been the guest last week. But like ourselves, we were all in the deep end. And today, I've, uh, t- this evening, I have Sarah here. And Sarah has been it, it, just a breath of fresh air for me from the time I met her many, many years ago. Just enthusiasm just oozes out of you. Not just for, just for the industry, not just for doing hair, but you are an artist. Like I would consider myself a hairdresser by training. And then there's a certain amount of hairdressers who just have it and they literally fall in and, and it's just, I would imagine you just picked up hair and it worked for you. And that, that definitely wasn't me. I, have, I was somebody that had to study it and learn it. But Sarah is, is to me, is, is, is encapsulates everything from the artist and salon owner. And to, it's very rare that we sometimes get the blend where somebody is, is a winner on both ends. You know, sometimes we're better at the business and maybe good hairdressers, but not award-winning, but you've done it all. Like twice Irish hairdresser of the year. And, and I know from my involvement in the IHF and being in the background working for years, that ain't a hard gig to win. That's a tough one. And my wife went for it once and swore, if you ever ask me to do that again, we're divorced. So <laughs> there then, you know, one done everything in the industry as a stylist. Then you went off, started your family, moved, relocated from Dublin, down to Galway, and then kicked off Sarah Mason hairdressing, and it's just gone from strength to strength. And and the beauty I love is that to see somebody who's creating another a legacy that you're creating in in Roisin, that I can see Roisin coming through, and yeah. I can see Roisin in you. You know what I mean? Even when I met her competitions, I can see her in you. So I want us all to you know sit down, grab your glass of wine tonight because. If not work tomorrow, you might be getting a bit of retail out, but have an extra, maybe open the bottle and finish the whole bottle if, if, if wine is your tipple. If it's just a cup of tea, have a cup of tea, but sit back and enjoy the story of Sarah Mason. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Greg. Great to have <laughs> I, you. That's some intro. <laughs> you deserve it. Well deserved. So I'm going to hit you with your four, seven at seven. And why did you choose hairdressing as a career? Well, you know what? You actually nailed it, Greg, because... Do you know, I always say I, I'm, I'm very lucky and also privileged. Yes, hair did just come naturally to me. And madly enough, like I actually started hairdressing when I was about six years of age. And I, as some people say, I had it in the womb. I mean, I was all I ever wanted. There was, there was never, ever any other question of what I was going to do. Um, I started braiding hair when I was about six years of age. I started making money braiding hair at six years of age for ballet schools and communions and confirmations and, you know, drama societies and all that. Yeah. So there was a little entrepreneur in me too, obviously back then, but um, yeah, it, it, you know, it, my destiny was here. I really love what I'm doing. We always like if your careers guide and said to you, what do you want to do? You said, you know, actually what, and you know, I love that you're actually saying that. Um, when I was at school, and I, I like mom and dad actually took me out of school. They, they could see where I was going. So when I got to 15 and I was heading for junior cert, 
they were like, you know, this girl, she needs to be just unleashed to the to, to her future. And they did. They pulled me out of school and there was an awful shock and there was a real perception. And I can remember teachers saying to me, you know, you'll be you'll be on the bottom of the Balbriggan Road because I grew up in Scaries and you're going to be going to that dole office. And I, do you know what? I, the, I remember just thinking, well, you know what? Now I, I'm going to show you and um, that I can make it and that I will be more than just a hairdresser. And this thing of you're just a hairdresser. Yeah. But um. You know, I, I really had a grow. I loved my training. I I wanted to be qualified yesterday. You know, it was just, just it was kind of just grab it. Let's, let's get out there and grab grab what I can and and do it and do what I love. So, I mean, you know, I think that side was very interesting. Where did you start? What was your first salon? I actually started in a salon in sorts and I walked out after nine months. That's honesty, right? Um, after being asked to, to clean skirting boards, and it was how I was asked, actually. I'm not going to say where. And then I went to one of your family members, Greg, uh, Paul and Angie, uh, drum girl. And I worked with them for a couple of years in Lower Stephen Street, and Angie and Evan trained me. And after that, then oh, I took there and still yeah. did a great job of training the next generation. Oh, listen, that they, they, as you say, you use the word legacy. I mean, honest to God, they are someone to be really admired. I, I love, you know, look at their business. I mean, what a success story. And I left Paul and Angie and you know what? I, there's one thing and I have, I have spoken to Angie about this um, when I was getting my icon, like, I, I left them and I really regretted leaving them, Greg, at the time um, because I was halfway through my training. And it's the one bit of advice I'd give to anyone that if you're halfway through your training, you're, we all hit that wobbly stage. In, in your, your, you're in your age, you're 19, you think all of a sudden I know it all or, or I'm not hanging around for this because it's not fast enough. You have to wait, you have to pace yourself. And I did go through that stage and uh, I went to actually au pair and I had this mad idea that I was going to be an au pair for a few weeks. And I did, and I and I I downed the tools and I but I I, I wasn't, I was a lost girl. I, I knew I just I just needed a break. I needed to really stop and think about what I needed to do. And I went back and I actually went into Aiden Fitzgerald in Black Rock and I did a, a course with Aiden with one of his girls. He this fabulous trainer and um she finished my training for me and that was it. I was ready I was ready for the road I was ready for the world. And then you moved to who I, I would actually, say would be, you know, when I, you know, the, the perfect inspiration for you to jump to the next level. I felt this would have been back when I think back then, when I, you know, when I seen you coming, when I seen the success of this person, I'm going to let you name who it is and their passion and, and what they were doing. And then seeing you on the coattail that you kind of felt now it's inevitable that this, this girl is watching and learning and, and just feeding off it, you know? So who was that? So it was David Murray, my fabulous friend, David Murray. But you know, actually, Greg, before that, I actually went into management for, for years and I managed a salon in sorts for years, which actually is no longer there now. But I was watching David Murray like a hawk. So I, I was one of those kids that I went to everything. I went to the, I went to the IHF, I went to the championships. I, if the L'Oreal was on, I went. At the time, that would have been before our own, like obviously I'm with Wella and it was before our Trend Vision show. But anything that was on, I went to. And I can remember seeing David on the stage the first time he won Irish Hairdress of the Year. 
And I was like, who is that man up there? Because I'm going working for him. Yeah. I, that's, that's where I want to be. And I sent David my CV. And this is back in 2005, 2006. And I will never forget the day he rang me. Like I nearly crashed the car. I was just, I couldn't believe it. And he asked me to do a haircut. And I did. And he actually asked another family, a family member of yours was working with us at the time, Carl. And he actually asked Carl to come back and have a look at my work. And Carl, of course, hung him out dry and said, oh my God, he loves your work. And David hadn't even offered a job at that point. It was gas. But you know what? I... I, I actually really, I, I, even though I love where I am, I miss David Murray very much. I miss my, my life in Chameleon because there's nothing more fabulous than to have an employer that recognizes your, your, your worth and, and, and good work. Mm -hmm. And for an employer to turn around and say, that was beautiful or that's a beautiful haircut or to, or to be proud of you um, really, really meant the world to me. And I think David really believed in me. And it's not, you know, he, if I wanted to reach for a goal, he used to say, go, go for it. You want to go for that goal, go for it. And I think that's really important um, in our industry, especially as an employer. And I certainly am that type of person myself anyway. So it kind of portrayed me of where I want to direct my own business when I went into business. Yeah. So right, we will fast track to that. The next question there, that leads lovely into it because you'd won everything. You know <laughs> what I mean? Well, you, you had, you, you were at the top of your game. And then you relocated to Galway. And then I know you worked in some lovely sounds. And it always, it always stuck in my head is that, I wonder why Sarah's never opened up her own salon. So the next is, why did you become a salon owner? Or was it always there? Was that always the plan? Do you know what? I actually wasn't. I actually had a salon when I was, um, oh my God, 20, 21. In my hometown, I did it for 18 months. And this is like, this is now honesty. Cause I, you know me, black and white girl. I couldn't bear it. I was too young. I had no idea what I was doing. And I, I, I knew that if I got caught in that loop at that age, that I wouldn't get to my creative work. Mm. So I gave it up. And so business was always- kind a of very good point. That is a very good point. Yeah, and, and I'll be very honest in saying that. I know I have seen people at that age go into business and be very successful at it. But there was loads of things I wanted to do and I wasn't going to be able to do that. And, I, you know, at the time, I didn't know really enough people in the industry. Uh, you know, the industry wasn't like it is now. So there was no social media. So you could, we, our industry now is global. It's not national anymore. It's global where you, you can talk to anyone you want, which is super. But I moved to Galway and I worked for um, a couple of salon groups. And it was great. It was great to get my teeth into the West. And again, I went for Irish Hairdress the Year for a very strong reason because business actually was on the radar for me. And the reason it was on the radar for me is, Greg, I really was getting tired of seeing me at events and then being, say, being said like, you know, at events from such and such a salon. And I, when, when maybe some, some of those salons probably didn't quite get me. And it was very personal in the sense that you know, I might be gone to London and they wouldn't have even known I was in London. I, I was over judging Transvision and, and the salon owner didn't even know that where I was, right? Because yeah. they weren't on that page. Yeah, so yeah. I actually, what happened was I was uh, over at, uh, at Transvision and I came out on the stage and my name was the full width of the stage and the salon that I was working for at the time. And I just I actually stood on the stage. I'd say people said, what's wrong with Sarah Mason? Because I paused for a second and went, that's the last time that's going to happen. 
my name needs to be up there on its own. Yeah. It's up lights and it needs to be up there as Sarah Mason on its own. And um, I made the decision that night. I actually had a meeting that night with um, my salon educator that would come to me from Wella. We actually ended up standing in the corridor for four and a half hours deciding how was I going to open my salon. And that was it. Decision made. Nice. So it has been absolutely super. I've been really, really lucky. I have a great team. Um, we all know it's difficult sometimes to, to kind of calibrate that and to get the balls rolling and to get all those kind of cogs working in the same direction. Definitely at the minute, my, the dynamic in my team is really, really good and we're all on the same page. I, I think a lot of us say this, like this week, the, the, just I'm always looking on social media where everybody's putting on the amount yeah. of good vibe coming out of hair salons from salon owners and how they felt the, and, and it, the buzz in their salon. And like people were throwing money at us, basically. You know, your guests and, and, and you just felt the love of the guests. The team felt, they were worth it. And, it was, and, and that was just, like, it wasn't just, I thought it was just us. And then when you start looking, like, no, it was everybody was getting it. It's our time to shine, Greg. Like, it's fantastic, you know? Yeah, it is. I think, do you know what I think is, is kind of incredible? Like, you know, I did a couple of news bulletins and stuff like that. And uh, over the over the time during COVID, um, Teresa Mannion is a client of mine. And she asked me to do a few bulletins. I did a few things for News Talk and that. And I, I did think you were looking at our industry um, in a different perspective across the headlines. And as I always say, when you see things in print, it's a very strong message when you see about hairdressers and you walk into a news agent and all you see across the front pages of papers is about our industry. And I think that, you know, I really don't think that we've got enough respect at times for what we do. For me personally, I think that I give an awful lot to my client base and, you know, we're a care industry. We're not just creatives. You know, we, we, we listen and we, you know, we, we used to hug them when we could, you know, we'd listen to their tears. We listened to their, if they were given it, we still listen to them. We might like it, you know. Or a good handshake. Yeah. With some yeah. of the they do and that, you know what I mean? That you become friends, you know what I mean? I, that the most thing that I miss right now, I have a couple of clients that are very, very vulnerable. I've, I've had clients that cried in my chair, I had a client of mine the other night, I took her one-to-one -one because she is in, in, in poor health and I decided to take her. And she was like trying to throw money at me. And I said, no, you can give that to charity. She's, she's really not in good health. And I was like, if I, if I could do that right now, I, all I want to do is actually give her a hug. It was the only thing. I, I was heartbroken saying goodbye to her, not knowing, was I going to see her again? She's, you know, would I see her again? And, and in the precarious kind of position that we're in, you know, I think it's, it, we, even though it's difficult that we're closed and like, I can actually, I can deal with that. And you know, we've had the conversation about how I feel about that. Yeah, but there's acceptance that, right, we're closed. It's not, we, we know what we're dealing with now and we know we, we can come back stronger. Yeah. We and need to be positive. Playing in somebody this morning, the difference probably between us and I see gyms are, you know, closed or whatever. And that's another day, that's the story for another day is that we all know from those three days, We've got a bumper surge coming in December. Yeah. If you own a gym, October's the same as November, November the same as December. It's just memberships. That's it. So they won't have that. They're we, but we know, Jesus. Like, let's, you know, we're we're talking now, but this is going out a week later. But the week that we're talking about now, I would say every salon has their weeks turnover over in. Of course. And but more. you know, I, I believe you know what I mean? now is the time for us 
to recession proof your business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, end of story like it's and it's do it is, i like this is my first recession i'm going to go through as a business owner i've seen my parents go through two recessions in business mm-hmm. and i've seen the upsides and the, and the downsides of what happens so i learned and i learned that as a child back in the 80s right but you know what i like we got through the last recession this is well this is going to be different it's going to be a depression it's going to be very very different mm. but I think that people have realized our worth, that we actually have a sense of well-being about us, that we make people actually physically feel good in themselves, inside and out. And for us, it's time for us to bring the inner beauty out into the mirror and make people worthwhile visiting our salons, even if it's just for the chats. Some of them actually don't care really about their hair. They just want- That's a good, I'm gonna lead into the next question because when you just said it's time to recession proof your business, that leads nicely into the next question. If you were to go back to when you opened your salon and you had a crystal ball, you could see this coming, or you could say, what would you do differently? Well, you know what? That is the best question. And thank you for asking me that. I actually, this is, this is bizarre. I was actually very grateful for the time off that we had in the pandemic. To me, the pandemic possibly, in my eyes, possibly might be the making of my business. Maybe not, you don't know, right? If I had had that time, before I opened my business, because I literally went, it was four weeks, finished the salon I was working in, while there was work going on in my salon to, to get it open, right? I would have planned things differently, Greg. Um, I would have, you know, I would have looked at areas, I'm starting to do courses now, and business actually is really becoming a big interest of mine. And I've actually cut back my hours, and I'm working a four-day week now. Yeah. Now, yeah. when I opened my business, I thought that I had to be there 24-7, which I, yeah, you do have to be there. The business owner needs to be seen. It's very important that the business owner is seen. But that doesn't mean you have to be seen every hour of the day. The only way I'd, I'd put that and the way I would slightly change it is if, if, if you recruit and you do everything right, without you being there, the culture is so strong that you are there because you're represented in everybody that's in there. Because everybody works because people believe what you believe in. And that's, yeah. that's the secret, I think, the business. And I know Simon Sinek is me God, you know what I mean? Is that you employ people who believe in what you believe in. They will work blood, sweat and tears. But if you employ, pe- if employ people just because of the money, yeah. they'll have to work for your money. You know what yeah. I mean? And, that, and that's the one thing that dropped with me and I'm kind of going, you know, you're right. And, and that time you have now to grow up, to develop as a business, like uh, Enterprise Ireland, I would have never thought the amount of facilities and courses that they have. Absolutely. Free, very low priced. And it was only through one or two out of Dublin salons that were doing it. And I realized, what? What is that? Plates are winning now. And then I looked and now I'm constantly on the site looking to see if there's little pieces yeah. there that I can add in. And the other great thing I loved about it is that nine times out of 10, you're networking with other people that aren't running our business. And when you actually sit in the group, you realize, Wow, Jesus, we really know more than you actually think, you know? Well, I've actually been a part of Network Ireland, which is a, is, is a female yeah. group of business owners. And you know what? It, that's been really, really interesting because it did expose me to other types of business and, diff, you know, a different way of thinking. And, you know, I, I really love my days when we, when we do, when I do get, you know, with them because I, I get to meet them to discuss well how is it for them or how are they recruiting their staff or you know are they doing anything different and the other thing like I like to do is visit other types of businesses to see what's going on hotels and you know to see how how they're running things and is there anything that I could change but 
like for me at the minute, because I had to split my team, I had to step off the floor to allow my team in there to be able to work, to give them enough days. So actually we're all working kind of four days by our junior team. They're still doing five. And like my businesses were small, uh, Greg, and I've learned a few things. Like we, I do need to expand, extend my business and extend my team because I can't constantly run it with five and six people because when one falls down, the apple tart falls apart. Yeah. So it's it's the learning curve, but I've had time now to think about that. I didn't have time. Every time something fell apart, I had to jump in my own two feet and try and kind of get things back rolling. Where actually, if you if you if you have time to kind of make make the plan, have a better business planning, have financial planning. I'm working with Liz McGowan at the minute. She's absolutely super, and I've been doing my own live at Well Air UK and um, Instagram lives for business. And I mean. It's just to me, it's been an eye opener of time. I, my office, I sorted my whole office and now I know where everything is. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I made to put my hand to things a little bit quicker where I think when I was open a business, it was like, get the doors open, bums on seats, end of story, we'll go for this now. And like, we actually had a whirlwind of, of, of the first two years in business was absolutely chaos. Roisin was going competing. She was on Jen now there was always someone missing because we were and um, it was just like we were all on autopilot you know I was going for business awards and everything and at, at one point we all sat down and said what are we doing what what's going on and I think this the pandemic has made us all stop and go okay what is important here and you know what like my like I'm a family girl I, I, I have two children who never saw me so now I'm starting to realize that I do need to step a little bit into mom mode. They do need to see me um, and work on the business then and make that time, make that time work. Uh, well, I, I definitely think from the pandemic, we, business will never be the same again. And no. we are, we'll all be looking at it differently. No, but you know, I'm planning, uh, Greg. No. It, do you know what I would say to any business owner now is like we, there's a couple of things that I've done that we changed and um, a lot of our, our services are one hour long services right so it doesn't matter what that client wants right so we can upscale the docket into like from a, from a half head to a full head because the time is there right so we are it, we're working really on the docket size now to really help that progress so our figures actually haven't dropped in the salon actually if anything our figures are higher in the salon yeah well we won't qualify for that e-ways you need to take us off but then yesterday Jim Farrell says won't bother taking us off that now with no income coming in for the next yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just, uh, when you're talking about businesses the next question is because the, the way you looked at your business now differently and they've had the bit of time what do you feel makes an amazing salon like I just think like your your team is everything. Yeah. Your team is everything. Your sorry, the sun is shining on my face. The team is everything. And I like I think that bringing a team together that can that like we very much work like a team, like even when it comes to consultation and there's something going on, a, a very serious color correction or something serious has come to the door, it's a little bit more complex. You know, we all work together. And it's the one thing that comes back from our client base that they know that we all work together. And I think that to me means the world because I can, I can look around and say that 
no stylist had to kind of sit quiet on something that they mightn't have felt quite comfortable with or happy with. I think staff morale is very important. Um, like last week I held a Zoom, my team say, listen, I need you to know that if you're not comfortable, that you need to come and tell me if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling nervous about what's going on or you're, you know, you might have a, a, somebody at home that's not overly well. So it might be kind of a question mark for you to come to work. I need you to know that I'm here. And I think that has really instilled confidence in my team. And I think that when you have communication, when the, the line of communication is open, your team will work well. It's when the communication goes down, you've, it's disaster. It's thunderstruck. It's, you know, I think that's, I, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. And I, I have um, seen where, when the communication goes down and all of a sudden the team isn't happy. And then you start to see it drift and it dissolve and it falls apart. And I, I hate to see that happen. I think at the time like this, teams also need to support the employer. Um, it's very important that because I think for most employers, for any of the employers that I've worked for, Greg, I know they're probably thinking the same as me because I, I worked for them for many years. And they're th they, all they want is for their employees to be happy and safe and to be, you know, be seeing their clients and being able to do their work and enjoy. You need to bring a little bit of, uh, spring a bit of fun and action. And um, this week we had, we did have a bit of fun. And uh, uh, it was like judgment day, you know, Roisin won a, a gold and I was locking the doors to Salon. And it was, it was a bit of a bizarre day because in my heart, I was so happy for her. But in my tummy, I just felt sick that I was closing my doors. So it was real like- You would have been closing the door and going to the pub to celebrate. Oh my God, I came home here and talk about emptying the bottle of wine. I absolutely sculled a bottle of wine. Full blown. Yeah, I said that filled the glass of wine. I seen Lisa Eccles with the glass of wine. And I had said that last week, we were on off for the week and I said, Dawson, I'm off the drink starting from next week. And I'm actually gonna start lifting some weights and I wanna build up my body a little bit better. And once so she comes in, I just said, I need a bottle of wine. So you don't want a glass of this. Oh, no, fuck it, I do. Give me the glass. Oh, we can start yeah. tomorrow. We can start tomorrow. I think we all deserve some whatever your favorite beverage was. We you deserve that on on um, Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, you know. And well, it was like nearest bar here. <laughs> the interesting thing I find is that that's like we're on to our, our fourth, you know, salon into hump of the week interview now, and every one of you have said the team, and and the re and the reason I'm doing this and I'm what I, and and it is the team. But the one thing I, if I wanted to put a tweak on that, I would say what makes an what makes an amazing salon is leadership. And absolutely, I, I agree. Yeah, leadership makes the team because the team look to look to, for guidance, look for leaders, and and leadership is not there's, there's different forms of dictator. It's the leader who is the leader who leads by by example, and the leader who also has a has a care and interest where the guard like what was the simon said reason where we're the guardians that's mm -hmm. what you are you're the get you, you your employees are in your care and well, Greg, even when we were opening like that, that when we oh. opened i had actually written a full staff induction for my team we didn't open the last time on the 29th we opened on the 30th and mm -hmm. on the 29th i had a, i actually had employed a health and safety officer to come in yeah. do some work in the salon get all the paperwork up to date and but like I just knew by my team, by, by me being able to say, look, this is how it's going to have to be. They all know that I care. They all know where, where my priorities are. And look, at the end of the day, I, you know I love doing my hair. I love doing hair. I, it's, it's, listen, it's, it's, in my, it's in me. It's in my blood. And 
But at the end of the day, it's not life or death. It's, you know, we will get through this. Um, health is very, very important. And to me, you know, to, to, for, for, for us all to be working in a healthy environment the best that we can. And I think that we have tried very hard as an industry. But my team have been very grateful, you know, and I think that, that when it shines back, for me to go home content at the end of the day, that's, that's all I want is that when I go back home and I say, okay, everyone's happy. If I go home and some, one person's not happy, I'll sit on that. I, that, that, that. It does get in on me. It really does. You have two kids that deserve more. Well, and absolutely. <laughs> you, need, you need to be coming home, you know, switching off from that and able to, and, and, and it, do, it is a job that takes 24, it, we're never out of it. And as you say, so for you to be able to leave your conscience and, and say, yeah, that was a good day and I know the team are happy. And now like I'm- My 10 year old turned around to me and said the other day, day I said, you know, now mommy's closing her shop and she goes, what are you going to do? And I said, I just want to know, Safi. And she said, like, we all know in this house, you're not a stay at home mom. And I roared laughing because I am, my kids know, you know, and look, I listen, my, my father worked like I did. I am an absolute workhorse. Um, I am a, a workaholic. Sorry, the sun has decided to shine in my eyes. Um, I am a workaholic. Lockdown, is it? Sun comes out when we lock down. <laughs> It's great, hello. <laughs> well, actually, while we're on that now, and we were talking about the glass, my thing that's got me through this, and I tell them is that every day I try and look for the glass half full moments because mm. we're getting too many of the glass half empty. And I feel if I can go content, as you say, go on the end of the day to look at, well, what were the glass half full moments? So since July, since we reopened, just throw a couple of the, what, what would be glass half full moments that you feel, well, that was that. That was that really made me feel good. I suppose Roshan this week would be one you could look at. I have to tell you, and I can't. I, I, I there's been no way to express this because Roshan was at home with her little one-year-old when she won gold Trendvision Awards the other day. And for me, like she, she won a bronze. I had the two of the herself and Stephanie were did they did bronze two years ago, right? They got bronze, but like. I think the fact that, I, that it, it was so hard that she was at home, but I, I inside I was going, oh my God, she's done it. And it just brought me back to, you know, I, I, I was able to get up on a stage and there was fireworks coming out on the stage. And I was thinking the back of my name being called out when I won gold back in 2012, Trendvision. And I'll never forget walking across that stage. I was six months pregnant, petrified because all these fireworks were going off. And she was in her kitchen. And I, I, I just thought, you know, I sent her a huge big bunch of flowers and a balloon to be able to say, I'm so proud. She doesn't drink champagne because I would have been more than happy to send her champagne. Dublin, because the fireworks go off every second night here. Oh, God, well, there's fireworks going off here too, absolutely. But um, I suppose uh, really just been keep, keeping my doors open, Greg. Yeah. Do you know what? Just getting up and, and being healthy enough to work and uh, do you know, and, and 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 I'm very grateful, like that I that I'm able to do what I love every day. And like you know, we've had clients saying, you know, I feel so sorry for buying that mask. And I'm actually going, well, you know what? I actually don't care that I have to wear a mask. I'm able to come to work, and I'm able to do your hair. And if I have to wear a mask, then I don't like it. I have to be honest; with you, it's not doing anyone's health really any good wearing a mask. Well, I keep scouring the net to find the perfect mask. I said somebody's going to invent one, Alison clear see-through mask that we can yeah. see a smile again. It will happen. 
But no, they had Greg already. And I just need to find the right one because I can't wait to be able to smile back at somebody, you know? So there's a restaurant here in Galway and they were they are wearing well, exactly what you're talking about. And she got them in Italy. And it's see-through and it's a tiny little mask and the frame actually comes up rather than down. So the so it's so she's still covered. Her face is covered. You can see her mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they are there. Um, because it was literally hanging off. And I said, you better get the super clue to make that that last. But like in society for a child to be able to see a smile. I have, I have a sister-in-law and she's a psychologist and, and she works with very complex uh, cases of children that are very um, on the spectrum and all that sort of stuff and they need to see people's face. I think that that, that alone has been very, very difficult. Um, I have a child that's on the spectrum myself and he, you know, definitely they need to be able to see the speech they need to be able to watch expression because they children learn expression through i can't imagine what it's like for anyone that's after having a baby and they're not maybe seeing their child smiling back at them because they can't see their face i mean that must just be horrendous so for us the fact that i can use my hands and yeah. my mind create beauty that's, uh, it, yeah all is you can do what you were made to do yeah that's the old Alan Austin Smith thing is make people look and feel fantastic. And that's yeah, 100%. That so we're leading on to the last question, believe it or not. And I know off camera, you told me a little bit of your plans for the future. So what would you like the future to hold for your business in the next 12 months? If you had a crystal ball and you felt, you know, we've kicked the arse out of this virus. And this is where Sarah Mason hairdressing's going. New shop, new shop. Bigger yeah. shop. Bigger salon. Now, to be honest with you, we'd, we'd already kind of outgrown the salon um, and it's been on the radar for a while. Many dress out just to give us, well, without COVID, if, if your salon was, the salon you're in there was designed to have many bums on seats. It was, it was designed to have between eight and 10. We we did the dresser in the middle and um, the people could kind of sit there for, you know, having their colour taken and stuff like that, you know, development section sort of thing. But now we're down to five. Now, actually five, has not upset us financially, mm. but um, as I said, like as a business owner, you can't, you can't expand with five to six team members. It doesn't work. You know, I want to expand my team. I want, I want, to, I want to have a space where I can do a bit more education. I want to be able to share more. And I suppose I really actually really want to probably come off the floor another day and make myself in the West a little bit more on the exclusive side, if that makes sense, to work on my business. Like I'm actually really enjoying the business end of things. And I, I, I and my parents are like, oh my God, this kid didn't even do our leaving cert. You know, but I am, I, I've, I have a real grow for business. It doesn't make any, life, it's lifelong learning. Lifelong yeah. learning, no. You know what, I really love, I have a huge interest in marketing actually. And also any marketing, any articles you ever see um, about me, I write myself. So mm. if you read something in Creative Head, I've generally written it myself. Um, I like to write a lot. And um, there's a few things in the pipeline. I do have a bit of a bucket list. Actually, David Campbell, David Campbell asked me to write a bucket list a few years ago when I had a, I had a heart to heart with David about kind of, I didn't know what to do. And I was him and hawing about opening business in, in Galway at the time. And he told me to go and write a bucket list. And I did, and there's a few things on that bucket list. Um, one is a book and that definitely I've actually now I might start something on that and it'll be 
a, a, a read. It's, it's not an education book. It'll be a read. Yeah, look, I, 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 I had a crack at a book and, and basically it was about a rugby team because at the time my son was playing rugby. <laughs> no, this, this will actually be my biography, Greg. People, and I think our, our brains wander. And sometimes this isn't calm with so much, but sometimes it's nice to take it to another place, even if it's just for your own. Yeah, like, no, this will be a biography. Bestseller, write it yeah. for yourself. You know what this, I mean? This will be, uh, not given too much, but this will be how you can be at the top when you've hell at the back door. Yeah. When life isn't, when, when life mightn't have been so good and how you can actually do it no matter what, no matter how bad things are, you can do it. And that is, it'll be a you can do a book. Oh, boy. I'll be in. I'll be in Easton's to sign it for you. <laughs> Personalized copy, because I and as I said, I, I like that's why I do the book tours because I didn't. And I've said I was talking to a principal the other day here, and I was saying to her, I didn't become an. I, my wife always read books. Yeah, I, I don't read. I'm terrible. I didn't until I became a salon owner. Really, it was so twenty years ago. Yeah, when I really got into book reading, and I joined Three Six Five, and I and I start looking at and but I love reading. Like I'm reading Tyson Fury's autobiography. I'm not a bad boxing fan. Like no yeah. up end of boxing, but his story of how he handled the pressure, the, you know, such an outgoing character, the, yeah. the story of a man hitting the deck and yeah. the world being amazed that he could get back up on his feet. And, yeah. that was, and that's what I love people's stories. They make me feel good. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. love so that well, when I say celebrity, I'm, celebrities is status that's too thrown out too easily. I mean rock legends and like people like Stevie Nicks, and and you look yeah. at their lives and you kind of go, well, it wasn't all a bed of roses, you know what yeah. I mean? And 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 that and that's why fiction I find hard to read unless there's a story behind the fiction. Yeah, the I like like yeah. I even in the movie world, I like real life. I like I like reality. Now I don't like reality TV as per se, but I like real life things. Things that have a meaning behind them. There's a, a good, a, a good story, a good aesthetic, you know. So we'll see. It's going to probably take a few years. Because it depends how many, how many more lockdowns we have. You probably have lots of stuff to be there. The same. We all have, we're all busy still. We still have a lot of things to do. I've, I've got my IHF salon checklist that I'm working through at the moment, which it's fantastic that we have so much support. Like I yeah. wrote a two-page letter to Leo Varadkar, more the fact that. We were very, I play, even asking Tony, Danielle's husband, on it. Do you think the other day about not, not receiving a wage subsidy for the first round? And thankfully, it looks like it's just about there. But my concern was that, okay, I'm, I'm fairly financially astute. I have a couple of other little businesses going on as a sideline. My finger, like the salon is one part of it, but I've only two other things. But if I hadn't got them, and that was my thing, what about a salon? They're gone. That business is gone. And it's so sad to see businesses like we've seen on you know, Tuesday evening, we were all shocked to see Prem closing because I know Catherine Sweeney is an amazing name in our hairdressing and will be again. But it just it, that salon's closed through no fault of our own. Do you know what I mean? Just through the circumstances. And, and what I wrote to Leo was that it's fantastic all the facilities that the government are offering. It is amazing. What yeah. But if somewhere in the chain, the chain comes off and it doesn't reach that person. It could be the, the you know, between a business, nine people being employed and being unemployed. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm trying to speak for now. I'd have to say the two politicians in this constituency, which one of them is Leo, 
both replied to me back in less than five hours. Really? Both responded and both looked into voter revenue. And surprisingly enough, things have moved a little bit. So what I would say to salon owners, remember, your local politician is working for you. Oh, 100%. I've always been to say that to them is that you, if your local t- politician works for you, I'm not party aligned to any party. Mm. I'm only interested in my business and my industry. And But I will pull up, I, I will write to any politician now. And I'd always say to the salon, I go, don't think that they're above here. They're not. They're mm. working for you. They need you. Yeah. Their offices are there to help you. You know what I mean? And I was just amazed how quick, like one is above us here. Jack, he's a young guy. He's an up and coming yeah. guy. Um, when I wrote to him, he came back and one of the girls had to say, his secretary gets a haircut here. And I went, well, I've met the guy because I invited him down when we were opening the last time because I wanted him to show what a small business had to do to just get the doors open. But what I was pushing to him at the time, I said, Jack, it's not now we need you because we're going to have a four or five week rush. We're going to need you in October, November when people are coming back looking for rent arrears, looking yeah. for service charges. Like God knows what we'll have coming well, Christmas and never thinking we were closed again. But you know, I, 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 would, I would put out the salon owners, don't be afraid to write to your local politician and whatever party you, you, you like. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter where you're living party or not. It's yours. So listen, Sarah, that's our time. Your phone telling you. <laughs> I'm frozen. There you go. You're back. My internet connection is unstable. Are you there? I think I'm back. I'm going to pause it. Oh, you're back. We're back. back, Right, so Sarah, Sarah Mason, hairdresser, rock legend of the industry. I'm going to say bye, and we're going to meet again soon, because over the lockdown, I have a few little things I'd love to get you back on with, and let's let's chat about them, and let's keep the industry alive. (laughs) To all our fellow soul brothers and sisters out there, a big thank you to Sarah. And see you again soon, love. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks a million. Bye.